Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. All right, Mr. John, boy low, girl high. We're here. We're here. ready, and baseball's in full effect. Baseball's in full effect. Um, It'll be an interesting recording. We're going to stick with the same segments we did last week, come at you again. Uh, for those tuning in for the first time, Keeper, Sleeper, Creeper, it's our motto. The way we translate it into baseball is keepers being reassurance on people that you spend a decent draft pick on. Sleepers, mm-hmm. the people you want to pick up, don't regret missing out on. Creepers, it's maybe time to think plan B. Yes, for one reason or another. For one reason or another. And that all translates to trades and transactions, so that's what we're really hitting on. We're going to come at you again with can of corn, can of worms. And we'll be doing the double plays for you. Which pitchers do you want to stream? And then we're also going to be brainstorming what we can do to keep it fresh for you guys in the weeks to come. But we really like our segments, and we're going to hit them with you again tonight. And go in order, starting with the keepers, Mr. John. What you thinking? All right. Well, I looked at uh, a little bit of people from last week. Um, it's really been nice because we're finally starting to get the real sample sizes from how their people's production have been so far this year. Mm-hmm. But I still want to stick by a lot of what I mentioned last week. And if you missed last week, it's more or less that pre-ranks from the beginning of the year and pre-draft rankings are going to be a little more valuable than this little stretch that players are going on. Yeah. But it is the beginning of having enough information to be able to tell who's on a hot streak or who's getting off to a good start in a different situation. Right. So if you can identify these people early, you're going to have a lot of value from players that you might pick up in free agency there worth way more but you also might get people that are willing to bite on trades for these hot players to get colder ones for an upgrade for your Mm -hmm. own team Mm -hmm. Um, but there are a few people up in the higher rankings that i think are a little more scary (laughs) for one reason or another and i think we'll talk about some of those in our creeper segments going forward Um, but there's a couple of keepers that i like that i don't see any negatives with i like them a lot and they might be even more valuable than what their draft stock was indicating um Number one for me is Jose Barrios for the Minnesota Twins, their starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. So far, it hasn't been getting a lot of hype. He's not a big name that a lot of people know. So a lot of people that aren't really into the baseball circles probably don't have an as clear an idea of how much he might be worth. Mm-hmm. But I think you could argue he's in the top highest tier pitcher that you can get um, this year. Probably not in the first round sort of guy, but like he's creeping up to being he's close creeping to up that. There. If the Twins start getting more run production, why not? I agree. Um, he's had three solid starts this season, and no team in that division has over 50 runs scored, which I love to see. Yeah. The Indians look like they can't score anything right mm-hmm. now. Kansas City doesn't have a real offensive stud that I would say is, like, for a lineup, heart of the order. <laughs> so I think it's making it a little hard for them to score runs consistently. Detroit only has a couple of people that I like. Yeah. I just love him pitching in that division as well as the fact that I think he's great outside the division. For sure. Um, So far this season, he's had a 2.18 ERA, .73 whip. Um, Both of those are extremely encouraging. Um, The rest of his stats look fine, but the fact that he's not giving up almost any hits and his ERA is pretty good, the wins I think will keep streaming in because once this roster gets healthy with Sano even coming back Mm -hmm. and possibly a couple of those young players in the Twins excelling more than what they have been now, I think he's a great player to get a hold of or trade for. For sure. For sure. If I dealt in the starting pitchers, he was... One of the, he was probably the top guy based on where he was at in the draft pick for me. Just looking at draft boards and stuff, I love him and I think his talent's great. So I, I agree with you. I like what you're saying. Nice. Who's your keeper? Who's your favorite one? My favorite one. Well, mainly I just have a bunch rest assured kind of thing. So Matt Chapman over the last week, he got hit by a pitch, had a wrist wrist injury. So you hate to hear that. 
Um, and you got to keep that in mind, though, when you look at his stats. He only went 5 for 26 over the last seven days, so he's now batting 192 over the last seven. Um, but it's not time to jump ship. He's kind of more towards the back 100 in drafts, but he's going to outproduce that. He's worth it. He's going to have a better season than what he was getting drafted at, unless he does get a legitimate injury that lasts longer. But this week is just... You don't want to have a slug, sluggish week at the beginning of the season. It sucks. You want to get off to a hot start. Fantasy baseball is exciting right now. It's a long season. But don't jump ship. Definitely do not cut him. It's a horrible Please time no. to trade him. Yes. Um, and there's no reason to. He's going to be solid. Just bench him if he's going through a little cold streak. If you hear him battling a wrist injury, just let him show you that he's over it. But rest assured. And I'm going to go ahead and do the same with Ender Enciarte. It's kind of, you know, he's in the back 100 of draft picks, but he's kind of one of those people with this sluggish week where he went 5 for 23, batting 217, two runs and an RBI. And you look at his season-long numbers now, he's batting 179 with a homer and two RBIs and a stolen base. It's not really the hot start you want him to see, but he's so consistent. He's going to be there, and you don't want to drop him because he's going to be valuable and for sure. And, and I guess while I'm on it, I'll just finish my keepers with another person to rest assured with, and that's Xander Bogarts. And I mentioned him, I think, when we covered the Red Sox in the preseason. I mentioned him here and there uh, in podcasts since. But only batting 267 with four runs, two RBIs. Um, and he's kind of been in and out with an ankle injury where he fouled the ball off of his ankle. Um, and when speed factors into his game, you just got to keep that in mind. On the season, he's now batting 263 at the homer and 3 RBI. He's going to be one of the best shortstops in the league this season. Um, there's, Of course, nobody I think in the world is thinking about cutting him right now. He's a little bit more pricey than Matt Chapman. Um, but also to trade him, I would wait. His stock will be much higher than it is right now. But I personally would just keep him if he's your shortstop. Uh, he's, a, he's a good shortstop. You don't have to worry about that position. Just let it rock. I agree. That's a good call. Um, one more that I really like as well is Whit Merrifield. I know you talked a lot about him previously in the season. I still think, or in the preseason, I should say, uh, I love to see even with that offense playing as uh, kind of risky as it has so far with Kansas City, he somehow managed to have 11 runs scored, one home run, four RBIs, three stolen bases, and is hitting 349. Um, yeah. All of that adds up to I'm not at all worried about him <laughs> for any reason. Right. I think he's another guy I would look to trade for. Um, but if we're looking at people that I think are struggling a bit that I wouldn't be panicking on too much, I would say that um, I've got a couple of them on my fantasy teams, but Jose Ramirez is the first one that comes to mind. I, uh, I know that he is an extraordinary talent. Last season he was extremely good, and I think the lack of – support with Lindor on the lineup right now might hurt his, his production a little, but even that considered, I think it's just a bit of a slump. He's hitting 171 on the year, but he's had has has had three stolen bases, which is at least fairly helpful. That puts him mm-hmm. up near the top of the league. Mm-hmm. There's really not been anybody dominating the stolen base category. Not I mean, yet. D. Gordon's out in front, but he's not crushing it. It looks like Trey Turner would have been if he wouldn't have got hurt right off the bat, which right. kind of stinks for him. Timeline four to six weeks just on an update Yeah, for him. I, I like him a lot. He's a guy that I'm definitely eyeballing once that health gets a little bit closer for a trade as well. See, you're saying trade for Whit Merrifield. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I kind of like this hot start, and I would be trading him away. Ooh. I actually would, now that we just mentioned both those players, I think it would be feasible to try to trade for Trey Turner, Whit Merrifield. I think that would be a great trade if you could make it happen. 
That is an interesting thought. I like Trey Turner enough that I'd be willing to do that yeah. for sure. And I think someone would probably be willing to do the same. Yeah. Um, but if I could get Merrifield, I, I might be able to. I might be willing to go like if I had Chris Sale, for example, a guy that I'm not trusting a lot. I'd be looking. I'd be okay with trading Sale for Merrifield oh, right for now. Oh, sure. So for sure, hoping somebody bites. But you're looking around those 40s right now. I think to trade back from Chris Sale, and I would be doing it ASAP because 100. percent I'm seeing pitches in the 70s from him right now, and it looks like he's, you know. I know his off-speed stuff's always been on the slower side anyways, and he's just been an excellent pitcher because of that, but... But he's always been a stuff guy. Yeah. Like, his fastball compared to off-speed is what makes him so devastating. And whenever you see that fast stuff go away, your change-up stuff doesn't look as effective. Exactly. The uh, the 70s aren't looking like change of speeds anymore. It's looking like his norm. That's why he's getting tagged. And I was going to mention him as my creeper as well in this whole situation. He's probably the biggest creeper I can see. If if there's anyone I'm more going to be worried about, it's him from a standpoint of please trade him away before it's too late. I know his fastball velocity bumped up a bit in his last start, but it's still nowhere near what you want to see. Yeah. And it's two out of three really miserable starts for him. So, ah, man. I'll talk about him a little bit more, but I am not feeling it. Well, we'll head that way. Are you got any more you want to say about keepers? Uh, no, that's that's about it for me. Um, I would just say mostly don't panic. I mean, there's a lot of people that have gotten off to slow starts, especially when you start getting around like the 150s, like Yasiel Puig or something. As a guy that's in like the 67 sort of range, he's only had four hits on the season. He looked a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> or the outfield looked a little better for Cincinnati the other day. I think it's just been a team-wide slump. Yeah, so. I think when Puig comes back off the suspension... And of course, this is just always us reiterating the Reds. When he comes back from the suspension, I think I think the team's going to change a bit. I think I think they got a little bit of fire to him. I hope they pull out the game today, but we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. That that fourteen run showing last night was just incredible. I would agree, but I think Puig is another example of a person that, even though my, it has been hard to watch because you you expect instant results coming to a more hitter friendly ballpark, right? But It'll come. It'll come. It'll be better. And even if you don't trust him, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Don't trade him right now. And his, his right. stock is like the equivalent of a 150 player that's right. off to a hot start. Ah, he's going to give you way more than that. Yeah. So just be a little more patient with him. I'd say the same about Jesus Aguilar, even though it, you hate to see how bad he's been for Milwaukee. I think he's another one of those guys you just have to wait it out a bit before you can try to trade, even if you want to ab- abandon ship. You're just giving all your creepers. Are we doing creepers right now? Uh, I, I wasn't. I'm oh, less, you're, I'm, I'm you're, just, saying, you're just like, saying some names. Those are okay. some people that are struggling okay. that okay. I'm looking at also keeping. I gotcha. wouldn't be bailing shit too much yet on those guys. Okay. All right. All right. Well, are you ready to do some sleepers? Yeah, let's do it. You want to say one first? Who, who cares? I don't care. Yeah, it's up to you. I mean... Well, I got one that I think we may have both on our list, and that's Daniel Vogelback, just because of his intrigue. For when sure. he's in the lineup, he is just killing the ball. It's unsustainable for sure. I don't think he's going to have this big of a breakout year. No way. But yeah. will a former prospect have a breakout season in his own relative regards? Potentially. And especially at first base where it's not that big of a, a pool for the first time ever. I'm always looking for the first base sneaky plays. Uh, last seven days, six runs, four homers, eight RBI, and batting 600. Makes him on the season five homers, nine RBI, batting 500. Um like I five hundred. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and like I said, former prospect uh, didn't translate to the pros too much. He's always hit well on the minors. The only thing that's really changed is maybe a swing change and some time and experience. Why not pick him up? 
if he does have a very good season where he, for him, I don't, I don't think we're looking at a top 50 player. I'd be surprised. But nonetheless, if he gives you top 100, top 90 talent um, as a free agent pickup, that's great. Um, and you, you would hate to miss that from a first baseman that's going to get you that top value because of his home runs. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I love Vogelbach as well. I'll just add in a few more things. Um, the one concern I saw is that he's had four non-starts with only six starts this season. Yeah. So he's only played in 60% of their games. But when a guy plays this well, there's no way that's going to continue. Right. Number one. Number two, he has never had over 87 at-bats in his career at the major league level in a season. So he's already had 22 here. So this is some of the most consistent work he's ever gotten. So I think having that those at-bats is going to be absolutely critical for him to be able to continue the success that he's had so far. Um, like you said, 500 <laughs> batting average, five home runs, and nine RBI this season is completely unsustainable for a six-game stretch. But I think with the Seattle offense looking better and better around him and the fact that he was a second-round pick, like you mentioned, he's, he's a good prospect that they put some work into over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, what's not to like as just a regular free agent acquisition? I think you could probably find a way to cut someone on your team and make this guy worth it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Especially if your league has two utility slots like a standard league. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I said a name. You got a name before I, I steal somebody else? Sure. Um, one guy I like is Max Freed. Um, I didn't expect I'd be saying his name as a guy that started the season as a reliever for the Braves, but he's gotten two starts in, and he's looked absolutely spectacular. Um, two wins in his two starts. He went six innings in, a, in both of them. He had no run, earned runs in any of the, the games he pitched, and he had four Ks and f- five Ks in his two starts with a whip of .17 in one game. Absolutely phenomenal for his mm. first game of the season. And a 1.0 whip in his second. Okay. Um, so he had a, a no-hitter going for a really long time in his first start. It looked like he was going to get removed from the roster, but the fact that he's still in there after two starts when he wasn't supposed to and uh, Gossman came back off the DL and they still have him in the rotation – Shows that he's really fought his way into the rotation until he starts to get cold. That's a pretty good Braves lineup. I completely agree. Um, I think he's just a very interesting guy. Um, I think he's worth us us an ad as like a low-end person. My confidence level for him to be sustained throughout the whole season isn't super high. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, if the Braves didn't think that he was going to make the rotation when he comes up, uh, you won't love it. But I'm willing to ride him for a few starts and see if he can bottle that magic a little bit longer. Sure. I like it. I like it. I like any pitcher with some intrigue on a good lineup type team. Yeah. Um, then I'll throw out another one. This guy's 17% owned, and he is just being super undervalued. And he's a guy that probably you won't see in the top 100 just because of the way the rating system's carried out with categories. But despite all that, he's going to help out your teams silently. Second base outfield eligibility, Adam Ooh. Frazier, 17% owned. You got him too. Um, nice. Yeah. Batting leadoff for the Pittsburgh Pirates, so the runs will be there. Everything else he gives you will be nice, and he is going to bat pretty much for average. So over the last seven days, he's went 8 for 21, which is a 381 average, with three runs scored, a homer, three RBIs, two stolen base, to give him five runs scored, a homer, three RBIs, and two stolen base on the season while batting 324. Uh, You like that second base eligibility. You like him batting leadoff, and I think he is going to bat for average and give you runs all season long. I think he's going to be one of the bright spots of the Pirates as they will dwindle out. I think we're already seeing it from Starling Marty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that scares me. I, I looked at his stats and it's like, 
I wanted to put him on like a creeper list, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm not on quite. Him. There's other people on creeper on harder. That's way to make it, but yeah. he very well could have, and I would have been like, yeah, for he, sure. He's a little shaky. In he that was lineup. before the season started. Mm-hmm. I think on both of ours. I agree. Uh, really, the people that made it was Josh Bell and Adam Frazier. I think are the two guys. And maybe once Polanco comes back off the DL, just see what he's doing. But I don't think he's ever going to pan out from what he was doing in the AAA. Which stinks. Yeah. But everybody else, I mean, that Pirates team is is not that good. I completely it's agree. <laughs> from an offensive perspective, I think, heck no. Yeah. Maybe a couple of their pitchers have some intrigue as the season goes along. I mean, their top end people should be pretty good. But, yeah, offensively, they do not have a loaded lineup. Um, but I, I do agree. I think Frazier's the guy I also had on my list as a sleeper. Um, with the slow starts to some of these second basemen, with Daniel Murphy and Scooter Jeanette both being hurt, if you have one of those guys, this is a perfect fill-in for you, just for the perfect reason, like you said. He's not going to hurt you in any category. Mm-mm. His batting average is going to be solid. Um, in every season that he's played, he's hit over 270 at the, in the majors, um, up to, like I think, a 290 up until this year. So expect two, 270 plus for sure. He's on a hot streak right now. He hit 10 home runs and 300 at-bats last season. That could, that could present 15 home run pop if you extrapolate the, out those numbers and I don't see any reason why you wouldn't continue to improve a little bit based on his age mm-hmm. I think you could do a lot worse than have him on your bench to fill in for a second base outfield eligibility for sure for sure well that's cool we both had him yeah alright so alright on the same page but I'll throw one more in there uh, Trevor Cahill um, he's a guy I was staring at a little bit for a while um, Los Angeles pitcher he, um, he's been around a while now yeah he has but he's only owned in 9% of leagues. Um, he's had three starts with six innings pitched at least in each one of them. Um, injury problems have been a concern in the past. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not a home run by any means. But at, at his best, he's a sub-4 ERA pitcher. And with the start so far, he's had an encouraging whip of under one, which is what I really love to see. Right, right. At a .89. Um, his ERA is 3.5 to start. But if his whip continues, which, I mean, I don't think... Point eight nine sustainable, but no. even with a little bit of regression, you should still see an ERA maybe drop even a little bit beyond that, like maybe a three four three three ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as he continues to play this well, I I like him. He, he's always had a fine K rate. Last year it was eight point two, um, and he's off to an eight point zero start so far this year on that end. So his stuff's there right now. It's just injuries are always a problem. It's obviously why his draft stock isn't very good. There's not a lot yeah. of intrigue based on his age right. for him to really break out far beyond his uh, potential. But he's a guy I'm looking at being a, just fine as an ad. If you're one of your starting pitchers on the low end of your rotation struggling greatly, like, a, I don't know, Quintana from the Cubs. Quintana or whatever it is, how exactly yeah, you pronounce Yeah, you get name. us mer- mispronouncing names all the time. And, so. and you can hold that against us, but at the same time, we know our stuff. We struggle with the names. The name, there's a lot of funny there's names lot of in funny baseball. Names. There's a lot of players. Vogelbach isn't a name I hear every day. No, <laughs> but no. we got it here. But I know their stats. I know what they're doing. Yes, and Forgive that's the us. important thing. Yes, one day Forgive. we'll get the names all right. One day we'll, we'll take and our game. And that's when we'll be in the booth. <laughs> that's it. Um, but that's pretty much most of my sleepers that I, I had a good eye on. Um, I'll definitely echo some of the people we mentioned last week as well with. Franco and uh, Mancini um, also being must-ads at this yeah. point with the way that they've and, been playing. And, and they've been treated that way. They've been climbing up above 70% in most leagues that I'm seeing. Yeah, they're definitely over 80 in the leagues that I'm looking at mm-hmm. right now. I, I mean, Franco's probably a little under, I think a little under 70 still. So get on him. But Mancini rightfully is being added in almost every league. If you can still get a hold of him, great. But 
I don't think they're really a sleeper anymore with the way that they've been playing. Yeah, but assume they're the type of player when they go through a slump here shortly, which everybody will. Even a great hitter on a good season like Jose Ramirez, mm-hmm. you can you will get another chance. I think for most of these dudes. For sure. Um, here's a name that surprised me at 56% owned, and I just don't understand it. Max Kepler, outfielder, uh, seven for 25 the last seven days, 280 average. Then three runs, three home runs, seven RBI in that span of time to bring him up to a total of four runs, three homers, seven RBI. He's only batting 250 on the season, but he's going to be at least a top 125 talent. He's going to give you very good amount of home runs uh, for his value where you can get him, which should be the free agency right now. Pick him up. I guarantee you that he is better than the majority of bench outfielders on fantasy teams. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be owned. He's going to turn it up and turn in a pretty good home run late in the season as long as he stays healthy. And it's already starting this week. So can't disagree with he that. He needs to be owned. That 56% is just way too low for him when other outfielders out there have higher than him. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy indeed. I like him more than Vogelback, but I just wish he had first base eligibility. That'd be, that'd be real nice. Game changer, even. But now we get on to those creepy creepies. Yeah. The creepy crawlies. And I think these are the guys that you have a much harder time for timing on. It's really important to make sure that these are the guys that you got to identify on your team that are the weak links, the people that draft uh, has held you back on, and it's important just to not keep plugging them in and playing them whenever they're holding your roster back over and over. So for me, this one of these is Chris Sale. <laughs> so I mentioned it earlier, so I'll get it right off the bat. Two rough starts out of three really scares me. The third one wasn't a long, deep, into-the-game sort of outing, mm-hmm. plus his K rate was really low on it. The 9.0 ERA with only 8 Ks in 13 innings. For is, a first round draft pick, pretty much. Yeah. First, second rounds where he was going. Either the very, very top end of the second or end of the first. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just far too scary. If you can still get relative value for him, I would be willing to take that. I'd be trading for, I'd be happy to get a fourth round pick. And this is why I don't deal with starting pitchers. I just don't. It's scary. These are the things this that This is can the categories happen. I willingly give up in a default league. Can you imagine that being your first guy? And it's not even an injury. Like that's the cornerstone of your team. Yep. Oh. Coming out with nine ERA and two starts, putting your whole starting rotation back. Yeah, it's, it's a little rough. I hate dropping a lot of those very top-end guys in the first, second round, but I'm more willing to risk it in the fourth round for some of these like younger aces, typically in drafts. But, yeah, that's a whole other kind of story. Yeah. But... Yeah, Chris Sale is my number one creeper. Find a way to trade him. Like me and Paul both said, I think if you can get like third, fourth round value, you're feeling really good about this. Mm-hmm. If you can get one of the fifth round values that are climbing, like it's sad, but maybe I wouldn't be against a Eugenio Suarez for Chris Sale trade oh, at this a, point. Yeah, not at and all. he'd be in the fifth round sort of range. Yeah. as well. Xander Bogarts that I was talking about, somebody to keep in there, stuff yeah, like that. Matt Chapman's that. a little bit back. But that might hurt a little too much. Yeah. I might try to wait to see if Sale would have one or two good, more good starts than remake but a trade. Ozuna, Bogarts, Suarez. Yeah. I do all that. Some of our really highly rated preseason picks yeah. in the middle rounds there, I would do it for a Sale. But I would, I think even it would be safer to try to target an injured player for Chris Sale. At this point, one of those top tier guys like Trey Turner. If you could, if if you you could do Trey flip Turner, it, then you're winning that big time. I think you're feeling very good about it. And I think a lot of people are impatient with injuries like that because of all the setback possibilities, but I think that would be worth it as well. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. Um, 
Then the first one I'll throw out there, which is kind of a toss-up because you look on paper and they're pretty much the same dude, but I'm going to say one's a keeper, one's a creeper. Uh, and you're looking at the Brewers' first base slash third base, and it's Travis Shaw, who's just had a horrible start to the season. But with his position eligibility plus his longer track record, he's going to he'll be consistent. He's not going to give you his prime year for sure, but he will turn in and give you maybe a round back worth value. But Jesus Aguilar, who I was dogging on before the season, who you just mm-hmm. said was a keeper, I am just maybe maybe it's because my perspective before the season started. Yeah, it's going to play a huge role, but. 0 for 16 the last week with only a run scored, which brings him to a three-run scored, no homer, three RBI, and of course no stolen base, batting 111 on the season. I already had it in my gut that, he, and he's going to have a week, and he's going to look like he's going to pull it together. But I am creeping so hard on this dude. I'm creeping so hard on this dude. Where if I could trade back and get somebody like Max Muncy, that'd be fantastic. That'd be an absolute win. But if there's a hot free agent that we've been hitting on in the sleeper category coming up, like I'm for sure dropping him for Mac, uh, for Michael Franco. That's just me. Oof. There's no doubt about it in my book. So I, I'm. That's how afraid of him I am. But there you go. That's, I can't creep on him harder. That's a that's a fear I am not willing to accept. I mean, I understand his start has been horrible, and so yeah. if you're looking to trade back to get somebody with real value. From like the preseason rankings, I'm a little more forgiving on that. But I think it's very smart to wait on him and see if he can hit you a few home runs in a week and then dump him if you really expect that. Because there's no way he's hitting under 20 home runs. Yeah, but if head. you miss out on Franco, I mean, Frank, Franco or Aguilar, who's way more talented? Of course Franco is. Who's on the up and up Franco is? And who's already putting together Franco is? So it's that tough moment where you've got to kind of make a decision because if he is available in your league, it's not going to be much longer. I just feel like there has to be someone better on your roster to cut than Aguilar. I mean, maybe. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like what the ideal free agents pickups would be, and like fulfilling all those low end talented guys. I mean, maybe. I'm not cutting them for like Vogelback or Adam Frazier or Max Kepler, but I'm just saying like if there's somebody real hot, then I would consider it. Franco is the one guy that's coming to mind right now. Okay. Out of anybody, but I would try to trade him for sure. Yeah. It's going to suck right now. His stock's low. I would go for somebody three rounds back, two rounds back. Probably won't get it. Maybe once he hits a couple homers, but it's just not going to look pretty, I think, for him this season. It's interesting. He has looked really rough. I can't disagree with that. But one, one of my creepers is going to be Andrew Miller, um, St. Louis reliever. Uh, not been pretty. Um, last season was not very good either, which is what kind of concerns me more than anything. He had such an incredible run for like five years, yeah. all like sub two ERAs, even sub one point five in a lot of seasons, which is crazy. Right, right. But four point two four ERA last year, I think, is the end of this run for him. The fact that he's up to an eight point three ERA, um, two point oh eight walks hits per inning, four innings pitched, and three Ks, three bad outings already. Mm-hmm. None of them are saved chances because he's a setup guy, and then so that means all he has is high level of production from the bullpen. And when he's playing inconsistently, that really hurts my trust in him a lot. Yeah, he's drop-worthy. He's only pitched in two full innings so far this season, and he gave up runs in both of them. Every other outing has been less than two-thirds of an inning. So all of that shows that the St. Louis Cardinals are not trusting him very much either at the moment. I just think he's definitely cut-worthy at this point. St. Louis, for the first time I've ever watched them, are starting to make some poor, I think, management decisions. 
honestly, for the first time. Do I like Goldsmith? Yes. Do I like bringing him in and giving him a big extension at this point in his career? No, not really. Um, another crazy thing, since you're on the St. Louis Cardinals, he just got a two-year extension today, and he's a big creeper to me. It's an odd time to give him an extension. Matt Carpenter, um, yep. who we dogged on before <laughs> the season started, and I'll just reiterate it now. He's 5 for 21 over the last seven days. Four runs scored, no homers, one RBI, no one's still on base batting 238 to bring him on the season with a seven runs scored, one homer, three RBI line, batting 214. Um, I mean, we didn't expect a power repeat. No. He hasn't batted for average recently. No. He used to be, but yep. I mean, now his career is close to 20 years, so used to be is <laughs> a long time. Um, crazy. And now to extend him two more years, I, that's crazy. Uh, in my opinion. It blows my mind. This is going to be a very old Cardinals team where the Cardinals used to be the next man up mentality. Always. Yeah. Like their whole minor league system was just chock full of guys. They always had one more to bring up and yeah. outfield, pitching mm-hmm. especially. It was amazing what they were able to sustain for so long because they did so well in their farm system. So now it's going to be interesting because this is the first time I've ever seen them kind of handing out these older contracts. You used to see them like, all right, Pujols, thank you for everything you've done. Move on. Now how do they handle it with the first baseman that's getting older? With Goldschmidt, they give him the extension. It's just a different St. Louis era. And I I definitely prefer the – I don't prefer the old one because I've always rooted against the Cardinals. But (laughs) From a biased personal perspective. Yeah, but as a manager, I just think that they're starting to make mistakes. Now, talking about fantasy, Matt Carpenter is a guy I'm trading. I am – If you can get anything. If anything, yeah. He's in the same boat as Jesus Aguilar, although I would not draft Matt Carpenter because all I need is another home run, another two home runs, and you can trade back and get something decent. You could probably get Matt Chapman. You probably could, surprisingly. Yeah. I would not be a buyer, but I think the majority I, of people, people would. Would, yes. And I would totally do that right this second. In a, in a hot second, I completely agree. So if you got Matt Carpenter and you're listening to us, go get Matt Chapman. He's the right Matt. Completely agree. You're going to share the third base eligibility. As long as you don't have him as your only second baseman, then mm-hmm. And I if you do, pick up great. Adam Frazier. I guarantee you he's worth more than somebody you got on your bench. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an interesting debate. I think you might get more value out of Adam Frazier by the end of the year than you would Matt Chapman. Or Matt Carpenter, I'm yeah. sorry. No, I agree. I agree because he's... Yeah, I just agree with you. It's an interesting point. But I think we both are very low on Matt Carpenter. But it, I think it's a good time to jump off because I think, like you said, the power numbers are probably going to be... Where did the power numbers even come from? Because for years, he was just the average hitter, <laughs> like, leadoff, great yeah. on base percentage guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, was the bad course? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Was he doing the old uh, Chris Archer pine tar on the belt? <sighs> Maybe. Just trying to sneak <laughs> it in tricky. there when no one's looking. Yeah. Maybe he goes back for a yawn real quick. Yeah. Wipes his forehead all full of pine tar, gets it all over the bat. I don't know. Well, he, well he's got pine tar on the bat, so maybe he's wiping <laughs> some steroids already or something. <laughs> steroids all over it. No, he's had a great career. Not dogging on him, but fantasy-wise, it's time to dog on him. Yeah, I agree. What else you got? Um, I got Freddie Peralta. I have tons of creepers right now. I have so many. Yeah. I, I, I just put down a bunch of names because I just wanted to get them all on here. But Freddie Peralta is one of those guys that, man, he... He almost almost won me back because his first start was so bad. I think I would. I mean, I didn't even look up the numbers on it exactly. But this last year, he had a four point two five ERA, which is probably his absolute ceiling based on the way he's played so far this year. Mm-hmm. Two, two out of three have been super awful on his starts, and one of them was immaculate, like eight innings pitched, high K rate, no walks, no runs given up. So he almost won me back. But I think 
he's going to be way too volatile to trust in standard leagues, and he's owned in over 50% of leagues right now. And I think that's just far too much. I think he's mostly just a, a very, very appealing streaming option against soft matchups right now, so I'd be willing to cut him. Um, he will bring you high K rate, but I think your ERA is going to suffer a substantial amount mm -hmm. with him in your rotation. So I think you got, it's safe to move on from Freddie Peralta at this point until he shows any level of consistency at another point during the regular season. Okay. Okay. I dig. I dig. Well, then I'll just mention two more names. Uh, we're given a lofty list of creepers here. We even mentioned Marte earlier on, mm -hmm. borderline creeper. But just people I am just not getting good vibes from. And I think I'm trading when they come off the DL. Because both, both of them are partially on track to come back here soon. We're looking May, I think, for both of them. Um, and Stanton with a biceps injury, a power hitter with a biceps injury. I'm not feeling it. And he's not no. quite where he needs to be hitting, but he is hitting off a tee. Um, about to go on a rehab assignment. Uh, I think when he comes back, I may be dishing, dishing him out somewhere if I own him. That's one dude. That's me personally. That would feel bad, but there is this Well, I mean, moment. you could do that pretty much laterally. You're not going back for him. I'm just saying just trade him for somebody in the same tier that maybe this team needs. I, I just... Stan's already had tons of injuries in the past, That's and you forget true. him on because the last two seasons, but he's an injury-prone dude, really, that had two healthy seasons for him, thankfully. Um, and Francisco Lindor, who they're showing video of him. He wasn't running full speed, but jogging, and people are getting amped up. He's going to be back around May, and they say that the calf injury is over, but I'm just not feeling it. And maybe I'm wrong, but it must have been a horrible calf strain. Like, I remember yeah. when me and you were talking about LaShawn McCoy with his hamstring injury, and then he starts playing, like, two weeks later, and he has, like, the great, best season he's ever had. It's like, where did that come from? But this calf injury has been debilitating to him. I know he yeah. sprained his ankle off of it, too, but I'm just not digging it. For a guy that speed is such a big part of his game, do you actually consider him to be a big home run hitter? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't even hit for it. He's missed so much baseball. I just am not feeling it, especially in a lineup that's not producing anyways. I don't know if he's going to be a spark plug to get some jumped again, but me me with him as well, with a possible re-injury, because you can't avoid not using your calves. That is a fair point um, <laughs> in baseball. He would maybe be another lateral trade for me, especially because you're thinking about when he comes back in May, now trade Turner's timelines probably two to three weeks at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I would probably try to trade him for... And I keep mentioning him. But I'd probably try to trade him for Trey Turner. I think that'd be good. Yeah. Or maybe his buddy, Jose Ramirez, if Jose Ramirez is still kind of slumping a little bit and Lindor's coming back. It's possible. I would do all of that. Uh, that's, that's the kind of trades I'm saying. I'm not trying to trade back. There's no need to. Because yeah. everybody, he's coming off the DL. Just get somebody. There's iffy. Don't give them a couple weeks so people see that they are truly like, ooh, an injured product. You are right there. I think that is a very good point because there's also I see this a lot in a lot of leagues. Is the moment when the reports start coming out, that these players in the DL are coming back from being healthy. People always try to lowball you, mm -hmm. to, but they always show you interest whenever mm -hmm. this is happening. That means the market is heating up. Mm -hmm. So right whenever everything looks like about a week, maybe less than a week or something, you're gonna start getting those trade offers. That's when I'd start to put your feelers out and see if you can get a trade right off the DL like that. Maybe day one after he's been healthy or something and then make a trade, like you said, laterally for these sorts of people. Yeah. I'm also worried about Giancarlo Stanton. I don't know why, but the bicep injury definitely is scary. Injury history is scary. The fact that his home run numbers have varied slightly in his career, always high, but mm -hmm. like volatile. I mean, he's not very projectable. Mm -hmm. 
I think I'd be willing to try to make a lateral trade around that point as well. I wouldn't take too much of a hit, obviously. I'm not taking a hit on either of these guys at this point. But I would try to... Just try to switch. <laughs> get, a, get a different guy, like, yeah. a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any problem with that. Especially if you can find a person that is a nice trade partner. Maybe that needs that position eligibility a lot yeah. more than you do for a for different sure. person. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Cool. Um, I'll also say as one that I would tell you to bail out as quickly as possible on as well, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, for some reason, he's owned in so many leagues, yeah. and I, I just don't see it. I think what you're all, all you're going to expect to see is a lot of batting average from him, but he, you're not even going to get the runs scored because the Detroit lineup's not very good. Right. And then his power numbers have been dipping consistently, and back problems is never something you want to hear with a power right. hitter over the last few years. He's been pretty injury-prone. If he's owned in a lot of leagues and he has trade value, no matter how, you know, it, it, you, it may not sound important because he's not going to have the highest trade value, but right. he has some trade value right now. So I think you could maybe convince someone to give you a hot start player for Miguel Cabrera, and I would take that all day. I think you can pretty much roll the dice on anybody you want, especially the people we talked about. Right. Like, if you can get a Mikel Fr- or Franco mm-hmm. out of this for Miguel Cabrera, I think you're winning so big it's crazy. Yeah. And Miguel's currently owned in more Yahoo leagues than Franco is. Mm-hmm. So someone's probably going to be willing to look at Cabrera and think maybe he reignites Actually, his you know MVP what? Season. I think now that we're talking about it, Miguel would be best utilized as a trade as a two-for-oneer. Yes. Like, he's the name that's the cherry on top that could probably get you a dude that's a couple rounds up from the bigger guy you're trading. I think you have a great point. That's where I think I'd try to trade him right now. Not a one-for-one deal, but like the icing on top. Because then they're going to ask their friend, like, dude, should I do this trade? And he's like, they're giving me him and Miguel Cabrera. And you're getting the name plus a little bit of the average, and I think that would be where he's probably going to be best in trades for you, the two-for-one kind of deals. I think that's an exceptional point. That's a great trade strategy there. Um, and especially right now because he's hitting a lot. Like, he has multi-hit games like kind of streamed throughout his last few games. So Turn into a Joe Mauer at the end of his career here. Uh, well, not, <laughs> not really the end of his career. Yeah, I Based mean, on contract, we're still in the middle. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> you got a few more years left. Yeah. Uh, but another guy that I think is almost the same player, or I'm kind of worried might be the same player, is Joey Votto. Um, he's another guy I would have on the creeper list. I think... I just didn't double dip. Yeah. I had him there last week, but I'm not disagreeing with you. That's fair. I just, I mean, the slow start kind of scares me again. I'd like to see his batting average get up more so people will be willing to buy, but he's one of those guys that as soon as he starts hitting a little bit, I would tell you, trade him away. Yeah. If you can. Because I think the power numbers are... I'm scared they're gone at this point. I know he uh, has a lot of confidence that that's not the case, but uh, I'm kind of scared. So he's another guy I'd be looking to dip. Um, If you can get a guy like two rounds lower, I might be willing to take that trade right about now. If it's somebody we like. Like if you can get an Eddie Rosario or something. Yeah, now he's had a hot week, so now that becomes a little bit difficult. It might be hard. People are reminded because he just doesn't have a name. He he deserves a big he name. deserves a name, and I think that's where you can win. Is Joey Votto has a name, right? And it's weak first base class, so someone might be willing to roll the dice with you. But I would say again, I mean, it, just to tie it full circle to our podcast so far, Matt Chapman would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit further back than two or three rounds, but I think he's also undervalued. So. I would dip to him easy and feel good about it. I think they're probably going to be end up rated about the same by the end of the year. Because Matt Chapman gives you the batting average and run scored that Joey Votto will give you, but he's got way more power potential. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. So I, I wouldn't have any problems with that. It's just you lose the first base eligibility, so I don't know how important that is to your lineup. But if the guy's not producing and batting first, then put a flyer out on somebody. We've bought up Vogelback now. Mm-hmm. We've... 
sure Yandy Diaz is worth a look now. Yeah. Um, Mancini, if any of those guys yeah. are available, and then trade Votto for Chapman, you're all right. Yeah, if you got a Mancini, Chapman for Votto, and someone bites, do it <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure. I think you'd be in good shape. And even Profar now. He's going to start coming alive. But that's cool. What else? You got any other creepers you were wanting to mention? No, that, that about covers it. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. But that's <laughs> advice. That's advice. I'm, I hope we covered on your slumping player, or at least mention him. If not, give us a ring, give us a message, let us know, and we'll cover on him next time. Yeah, absolutely. Cool beans, man. Um, let's move on to one of our new segments, one of our newer segments. Yeah, let's do it. You want to do double plays? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So the double plays I got this week is, uh, I'll start with the top people again. Okay, um, and what I this, like it. What this segment is mostly about is these are the people that you can acquire earlier on in the week or play multiple times for pitchers, and these are the ones I like the most. And he's selling them to me, a guy who doesn't own starting pitchers, and I'm seeing if I bite. Yes. Can I get you to buy this two-for-one, buy-one-get-one-free deal? Um, and so I'll start with a few people that you can't, you're not going to be able to get in mm-hmm. free agency, but I'm also going to give you a few people that are great streaming options, or at least better streaming options than others <laughs> in this particular regard. Um, but the big ones, the ones that I think you're going to have on your rosters that might be worth a lot this week, is going to be Steven Strasburg, number one. Okay. Um, he's Washington pitcher. You've probably heard of him. He's been a highly rated prospect for a long time. Injury problems been the major key with him. But he has two super soft matchups this week. He's going up against San Francisco and Miami. Um, at home against San Francisco, against Derek Rodriguez, and a Miami, Jose Urena, who has is, been torn up. Unfortunately, having maybe one of the worst starts to a <laughs> pitching year for any pitcher in the major leagues. Um, so far, Strasburg's pitched 16 innings, one win, 20 Ks. Um, so you love the K rate in there. 5.4 ERA, which is... Pretty high, but his 1.38 walks and hits per inning is also a little above average for his careers. But I think you're going to see those drop this week with the two soft matchups, um, and his K rate shows that his stuff's still kind of there. Yeah. So I think we, we, that's why I like him a lot. He's probably my favorite pitcher that you're going to have two starts for this next week. Okay. The two starts are going to be the 16th and the 20th. Um, so just so you have all the information there. All right. Um, number two, Patrick Corbin, Washington pitcher. Uh, he's All these Washington guys, huh? Yeah, two of them. They both share in those same matchups, so I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> uh, for, on the 17th and the 21st, we're going to be his two. He's playing against Jeff Samarja and Trevor Richards. So that'll be at Miami again and at home for San Francisco. Uh, he that's is, the way I would want it. Yes. Miami's a, a hard park to hit in, and you want the home, home field against San Francisco is a better team than Miami. Yeah. So 12 innings pitched for him so far this season, 13 Ks, 3.75 ERA, and a 1.33 walks and hits per inning. Um, he's pitched fine against the Mets in both starts, which is kind of odd that he started against the Mets both times. But I think with those two good starts and you're seeing a better ERA, um, I think that's wonderful to see. 3.15 ERA with a great K rate last year. So I think you're going to be seeing both um, his career stats go a little bit lower because he's already been above average or above his worse than his normal average. So I think you're going to see above average production, I should say. Okay. Like it so far? Yeah, I mean, I would play both those dudes for sure if I had them. And if I saw me going up against them, then it's time for me to start thinking who I'm going to play as a double play. That's an excellent point as well. And so these are the guys I think you can pick up. I actually went with two Reds and or X-Reds. So kind of surprising here, but maybe it's not surprising. It's hard to say. You Mm. be the judge. 
Uh, but Mike Leake, the Seattle starting pitcher. Yes, he's in Seattle now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the 16th and the 21st, he's going to be having two starts. One against Cleveland, who cannot hit the ball to save their lives these days. Okay. And uh, the 21st will be against the Los Angeles Angels against Felix Pena. Um, so he's owned right now only in 20% of leagues, but his season started pretty dang good. Um, he's owned or his 12.1 innings pitched, two wins, 13 Ks, and 2.93 ERA or 2.92 ERA, excuse me, 1.46 WHIP. So his WHIP's above his career average, and his ERA is lower than normal. So I think you're going to see some regression in both of those over the season. But I think with Seattle um, and his their great run support so far. I think he, his chances to continue the wins is really great. Um, because he's only had two starts and two wins, you know he's winning every game he started so far. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Cleveland's like one of the worst offenses in the league, not the worst, but one of the worst. And Los Angeles has only scored 48 runs this year, which is pretty much average when you kind of look around the league. I think that'll help. And Pena has struggled to go deep in a lot of ball games um, so far for the Los Angeles Angels. I don't think he's had any um, six innings or longer games. So that should also in increase the chances of some wins there. Mike Lee's been a pretty consistent pitcher throughout his career, so he's, I don't think he's going to hurt you. And his mm -hmm. K rate's a little higher than normal, so he's pitching a little better than normal right mm -hmm. about now. So I like him. I think he's a really safe ad. Um, he's available in 80% of leagues, so give him a roll. Yeah, for two starts, I, I like that. I don't even need to know the home or away. That's a very much better than the first week's options. So mm -hmm. that could actually, you're not going to get the Ks I think Strasburg's going to offer out, but you may Absolutely. be able to get closer to canceling out Corbin if you're going up against them. Uh, that's a good stream, and you may get out in front on the team that doesn't have any double plays and wins with that because the Mariners are playing some good baseball to start. Yeah, um, this is one that's even more widely available. Tyler Malley. So we're, we're, he's pitching as we're speaking right now. So yeah. we're going to see how this third one goes. Um, his second start, I guess I should say it throughout the season. Um, but his first start was stellar. Um, he went six innings, uh, five Ks, zero runs given up, and a .83 WHIP. Um, this game so far, he's we've been kind of paying a little attention to it. Yeah, he's we'll looked about that. He's looked a little wild. So right. I, I know that zero runs given up is not my expectation for him mm -hmm. if you're streaming him, but I think he's a not a terrible option. At times last season, he pitched very well. Um, for a long period of time, he had a three-ish ERA, three-point-three-ish ERA, and the wheels kind of fell off, and he got sent back down to the minors. Um, but the last season, he ended up with a 4.98 ERA, and I think that's going to be as high as you're possibly going to see his season ERA be based mm -hmm. on his pitching. I think he's a little more talented than that. He can throw close to mid-90s fastball, like around 94 miles per hour. So his stuff's pretty decent. Um, if you can locate it. Yes. Who, we got, who is he going up against? So the first matchup's not great, but the second one's good. So right. he's going up against the Dodgers, which you hate to see that. They're one of the best offenses in the league right now. It's at L.A., it's a little bit bigger ballpark, I guess, which is, yeah. I guess, something. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, okay. But San Diego is the second matchup in San Diego. So you're going to have Petco Park for the second one, which will always help. And San Diego's only scored 43 runs this year. So that'll put them on the lower end of average mm -hmm. um, for runs scored for an offense. So I think what you're going to get is one subpar start, hopefully around 4.5 ERA against the Dodgers, hopefully six innings pit give with three runs given up. And San Diego, I think you have a lot more possibility for something along the lines of a six-inning, seven-inning, one-run given up sort of start. So I think that makes him streamable this next week. I probably wouldn't bite. You have me on uh, league. Molly, I, I just wouldn't do it. And to be honest, I see risk with Molly. Yeah. I just looked at a lot of people, and they didn't look good at all Not for the double starts yeah, I'm this week. So I, I see the intrigue there. 
But I also could see him getting blown up against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. There's but, definitely a risk. But yeah. But those are the four I got um, okay. for this next week for you. Um, I'll try to find some better streamers this week, but I looked around and it's pretty thin. There's a lot of people with like these five plus ERA starts in both of their last two, especially around the low end of these double starter players. It's not a great week for the double start streaming, but I do like Mike Leak a lot. I think he's definitely the one I think that is the safest that's available for you. Um, Corbin and Strasburg are going to be owned in almost every league, but if you have them, you should be feeling really good about your week. Um, but Leak's the guy I would say to target. Right on. I like it, I like it. Well, let's get on to the next segment. And the next segment being... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I missed my line. The whistle. Line. Line. <laughs> Give me the line. And the next segment being... The can of corn segment. All right. Can of corn, can of warm, people. This is where we look at the last week. And we just kind of give some reiteration on the counting stat categories for hitters. As we just got done talking about some pitchers for you. Um, and that's where we break down the leaders for runs, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases. If there's ties, I pick out my favorites that I want to talk about. And I do give some honorable mentions. Let's start with runs, as we do. Yeah. And let's just reiterate a familiar name. With 10 runs over the last <laughs> 7 days, Cody Bellinger... Bellinger has now topped um, the list again. Very we, hard. <laughs> where we just put him last last week. Um, can of corn, can of worms for this man in regards to this run leading uh, week. The, I don't think there's any way he leads the, the league in runs by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, for a while, though, with this sort of head start, I got to say I'm a believer in the short term, not in the long term. I'm giving this. So, what do you call him? Can't escape. Can of. I think I gotta say worms. Yeah. I mean, as good as he is, and I'm really encouraged by his start. I mean, he's. If the season ended today, he'd have triple crown sort right. of numbers, but right. uh, I don't think that's sustainable. So I'm gonna have to say can of worms. I think you're gonna see a lot of regression from him with all of his stats. I have to give him that too. Can of worms for sure. Although the first two weeks of the season, you cannot argue against, and he's been just awesome. Um, but can of worms in the sense that he's never topped 90 runs before. So when it comes to runs, and he's you really he's not going to be a run guy. He bats in the middle of that lineup. I mean, he'll he'll give you good runs for sure. But trade this dude. Trade this dude right now. His stock now after two weeks. When you get two weeks of a streak, their stock's so high. And and I'm talking Absolutely. big names at this point in time. I'm talking try for the big big guns like Nolan Arnato. Yeah, and it's going to be tough, but somebody could bite. There's somebody in the world that's definitely biting um, on Nolan Arnato after his kind of sluggish start. A hundred percent. An even easier name to get, Jose Ramirez. A yes. lot of people are biting at that point for that right now. Uh, a lot. And you can, And if you make that happen, I guarantee you, season long, you're going to enjoy that. Bryce Harper is another name that you could potentially pull off. Um, Alex Bregman, I think all of those trades would be worth it. You can you can probably get up in the second and first round now with how hot this start has been. Yeah. And that's why we're saying Canaworm. When it comes to the 40-ranked guys he's going up against, no, I'm not doing a lateral trade. I'm saying Canaworms, he's not going to outproduce the big guns that he's projected to right now. Um, I'd trade up big time. If you can get a trade up like that, 100% you bite. Like, if you can get mm-hmm. Manny Machado, if you can get a guy like... Yeah, like all the people you mentioned, I think that'd be great. If you can get anyone in the second round or higher, I say bite. I think you're. there's no way he's going to be 
in the top two r rounds. Yeah. Or, unless he blows my mind with the way he's, he's producing. Yeah. All right. Can of corn, can of warm, the home run leader for the last seven days. This is so easy. Mike Trout, five home runs. Can of corn, can of worms. Oh, I don't, yeah, it's can of corn. Yeah. It's can of corn, <laughs> for sure. I think Mike Trout's just so good. You want him on your team. Yeah. His hot streaks are going to be hot. His low streaks aren't even going to be bad. Like because he's, he's not going to have much. He's just so consistent. He is such a good... And, it, and it's sad that he's out just a few games with a minor groin strain. Because he just... He's been treating your lineup so well. He's in my lineup, and it's just been so nice having him. He's such a shoe in. He's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. It just sucks yep. that he is on a piece of garbage. <laughs> it's not even that they're bad as much as they are horrible at roster construction. That's, That's what's going to stop him from being able to make the impact right. of the the greats. Right. Because they'll never be able to compete because they keep sabotaging themselves with huge contracts. Right. This isn't basketball where you're like, well, the greatest of all time's got rings. His war is insane. Like, yeah. that's all you can do. When your team is that aged and poorly put together around you, he's not going to get you. you. He can't get a World Series on his own. No. But he is an MVP. And if he was on any other team, World Series would be raining in. But I have yep. just seen them make the weirdest free agency acquisitions. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, yeah, man, Mike Trout. Wow. So, with that being said, he was such a shoe-in. you got to love when you're listening to our podcast, and we, especially, <laughs> John has been right in his own regard, too, but when you've heard two names from me, you've gotten annoyed by it. I've mentioned them mm -hmm. so much. One being John VR, who has just been so good to start the season. Yes, he has. The other being, who I have even mentioned more than him, Reese Hoskins. Four home runs this last week, so he tied a second with a group of other people. This dude mm -hmm. is killing the ball, and like I said, with his walk-to-strikeout ratio not being that bad for a big slugger, I think his average is going to stick up there. I think he's going to break out not, not north of 300 like he is right now, but maybe closer to 300, which with a slugger is just amazing. Um, and his RBI totals are just nuts. So Stellar, too. Yeah. Just, I love it. I love when we can give you good advice, and Reese Hoskins, I think, has the chance to be the number one first baseman in fantasy like I was harping on on the offseason he's just kind of vindicating and making me feel more confident about all the stuff I was saying about him I love it so yeah he's been super good I mean it's showing that that lineup around him has really helped a lot like hit, hit the number of multi-hit games he's had is really surprising throughout this year yeah, and so just far. clutch hits mm -hmm. like he had a Three RBI triple. That's I mean single. Like that's just that's <laughs> interesting. When you need it, <laughs> hard hit single. So a can of corn for him as well. Yeah, there's actually so many four home run players this this last seven days as well. If I could trade Stanton right now for Reese Hoskins, I'd do it. Yeah, I think I would take it too. I think that'd be a good trade if you can get. Hoskins for him because you'll still have the outfield eligibility you win mm -hmm. and you get the first base which is extra nice yep. so that'd be, that'd be good alright what are your feelings on Pete Alonso I'm curious uh, young dude very talented a few years I'm really going to love him but once the scouting reports come in he's going to go through some slums I wouldn't go out and crazy to get him if I had him I would try to trade him personally yeah do I think he looks like a, I, I think he looks legit it's pretty. His last few days have been really good, but yeah. he's owned in seventy six percent of leagues so far. So I mean, the, and he should the trust be based on a start for sure. Mm -hmm. But with the prospect name kind of 
trade away deal, I, I would do, personally. Um, just too young to not be streaky. Yeah, he will be. The only person and, like that came into the league and just dominated based on scouting reports and everything is Mike Trout. Like everybody is going to slump eventually. Oh, for sure. So and I think we all know that Jay Bruce is probably a sell high if you can get anything for him, sort of guy too. With yeah. Four home runs too. Yeah. Um, the clear winner, not a tie. The highest RBI told over the last seven days. Dansby Swanson, 12, home, 12 <laughs> RBIs over the last seven days. Shortstop Braves. Can of corn, can of worms. Uh, I mean, I'm very intrigued by him. But RBIs on the Braves roster, shortstop? Yeah. It's not I, coming I from him season long. I can't say can of corn. And I think been, I have to say can of worms. And we've been here, too. And I feel like... His calling card has been hot start so far. I think he will shortly put together a full season of this, but right now I'm saying can of worms. Um, he's just too streaky. But this is great because you can pick him up and use him during this streak because he's only owned in about 60% of leagues. Yeah. Or might as well just dish him out for somebody and get some entry. Maybe like a Jonathan Scope or something like that. Um, we just kind of nab somebody I think who's going to be much better season long. Dansby Swanson is... Only had 59 RBI total all last season. He's already got 12 now. Will he keep that up? He's for sure a can of worms. He's not going to transcend that pace by that remarkable of a number. But no. maybe here in two years he will. I just think he's still too streaky. And I do believe that this is just a hot streak, not a breakout season. It looks like it. I mean, even his batting average will probably not be nearly no. that high either. No. But he does have the talent. And I think in a few years he may be up there in the top 10 shortstop. Mm-hmm. So so would, would you pick him up right now if you could for if, free? See, I love my roster. You're talking to a guy, I love my roster right now. Um, I don't know who I would drop. If I had, an, uh, if I could take over somebody else's team, yeah, I'd pick him up. Okay. So if you have one of those guys, you're like, ooh, I don't know. They were like my lowest rated offensive player. They're kind of slumping to start the season. You'd be jumping on that real quick? Depends. Depends on who, I don't know who I have. On my team, no, there's no way I'm dropping, picking them up. Okay. I would have to see somebody else's team, I guess. Are you looking at Jesus Aguilar? Is he that no, much no, no, of a no, no, creeper no. yet? No. Okay. No. Okay. Just no, frame a reference on there. Just frame a reference. Yeah. A shortstop I would drop. I'm trying to think. Who's some back there shortstops? Mm, let me give you an example of one guy I've got. Um, the Cardinals shortstop. Um, oh, my gosh. Paul DeJong? DeJong, Yes. Yeah, I guess I would own him over him. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking somewhere. I'm thinking like hundred of the shortstops, though. Jose Peraza, what would he do? I like Jose Peraza season long over Danzy Swanson. Okay. I guess I can look up some more. It's not bad, baby, a deal. Yeah. You're intrigued, but... I'm intrigued. I'd pick him up. I... I, I don't Do you like Nick Ahmed? I like him more than Nick Ahmed, I guess. Okay. Yeah. It's another highly rated guy that isn't jumping up the boards nearly as much. Yeah. I'll give him that. Cool. Um, and then there's some other RBI guys. I think Reese was up there with 10 or so. Um, can of corn in that regards, too. I think he's going to have well over 100 RBIs this season. Um, yeah. Which gets us to our last hitting counting category. With a guy that I told you on the offseason I loved a lot. I'm glad I stuck to my guns and t- <laughs> took him. 
stolen base leader, and he did tie some other folk, but I just want to mention this dude, because I love him, I know you like him, um, Tim Anderson, three stolen base over the last seven days, yeah, can of corn, can of worms, gotta be can of corn, we're looking at one of the top shortstops, I think, this season, he's gotta be, I mean, I mean, based on the lineup, his projection rate of how good he's gonna be, the other stats he's bringing along, like, obviously, his batting average for this week is not going to be what you're going to be seeing no. at 636. Right. But I think he's brings a lot of stats to the table, and I'm very excited about him. Yeah. I think Canicorn. Yeah, for sure. Season long. Mm-hmm. Bad time to trade for him. He's going to have a week. He's definitely not, you know, a top 25 player. He's no. going to have definitely some weeks where he slumped. That's when you want to trade for him. Right now you're trying to trade for, like, the trump card. Yeah. So someone's gonna look at him with the way he won them the last week and yeah. be like, "Oh, he's currently rated number two Yeah, among offensive people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good luck trying to pry that from somebody without giving up way too much." Well, you have another opportunity, and he's gonna yes. have other weeks like this. This is literally gonna be one of the better shortstops I think all season long. I can't disagree with you. I think he looks Fantasy so wise. appealing. Man, he looks so appealing. Yeah. I think Trey Turner will be better. Story will be better. Machado will be better. But I think he's right underneath that elite tier, like with the way that I'm would, projecting him throughout the rest of the season. It would be because the people underneath him are dropping off so hard. Yes. Like, uh, I mean, Correa might be a debate, but. So, for example, maybe trade high right now, like um, Mondesi. Mondesi would be interesting, yeah. Yeah. I'd trade back with him. Yeah. I could see that. That's uh, that's what I got for the can of corn, can of warm segment. We went through every category, talked about the big dogs, a little bit more of the the trade talk, lots of trade talk, some streaming talk for you starting pitcher folk. Yeah. And the season's underway, and I hope everybody's getting out to a hot start. You got any last ads you want to do, John? I'll just ask your opinion on one more player. Let's do it. I'd love to hear it. Byron Buxton. Are you a believer in his start? No, I would be trading him. Trading him, okay. He's only in 64% of leagues, so I know some people believe he was a number one prospect previously, but his last year was so horrendous. (laughs) It's like, has he got it figured out? Max Kepler should be owned in more leagues than him. Okay. And that's the same outfield. Um, Jorge Soler, Schwarber, all those outfielders I would like more than Buxton right now. Um, Yeah. Here in a few years... I bet you I'm saying I like Byron Buxton a lot. Okay. He's got the talent. He just needs to put it together. And I think he's just going to... I just think he's... He's just not a perennial outfielder. Um, yeah. He's not like the Eloy, Eloy Jimenez type of guy that's going to be a pure hitter. And I think... I think in a few years, though, he's going to put all those tools together and he'll be maybe a five-category guy. But not quite yet. He's just not that good of an average hitter to do it. But he will be, I think. Okay. He's still young. He is very young. Right. He's just been around so long. That name's been around so long. It has. I'm waiting patiently for that breakout year for him, but I think I'm with you. I think it would be too big a jump for him to go from like a sub-200 batting average to all the way up to fantasy relevant. Yeah. Eh. (laughs) There's other outfielders I'd want more. Namely, Kepler. Yeah. On the same team. That'd be good. Yeah. Any other last thoughts you want to mention? Player names? Throw out there? Hmm. That about covers the big one. That was the last one I wanted to ask your opinion on. Sure. Man, we covered a lot of names for you people out there today. Yes. Uh, So I hope you like our advice. I hope you take it because I'm pretty confident in what we spilled out there. And um, 
We'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to hear some other debates you'd like us to hear and put out there for you. So please give us some feedback. It's a long season. We would help you construct your roster much better than uh, the Angels. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make you better than the Angels today. (laughs) All right. Sign us off, John. All right. It was a pleasure. Hopefully you're all having a great week, and may the baseball gods be ever be in your favor. Beautiful. Adios, mi amigos.